Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges that you faced as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource for those listening right now. Brian, I knew The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of his creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. If you'd like, you can mail your check. Our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. God longs to see your marriage flourish, but what does a healthy marriage look like? What does it mean to submit to your husband or to love your wife as Christ loved the church? Find out next on today's Something Good as Dr. Ron Jones continues his teaching series, Colossians, Jesus is Greater Than. Stay with us here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library. This is where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry with today's Something Good radio message, Christ in the Home and Work. Here's Dr. Ron Jones. I'm reading this morning from Colossians chapter 3. Beginning in verse 18, where Paul writes, Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, 
Obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now, we've been studying through the um, letter to the Colossians. Our theme has been Jesus is greater than, and Paul is making this argument, taking aim at the false teachers who have crept their way into the church at Colossae you know, nearly 2,000 years ago. And he is uh, laying aside in so many ways the less than Jesus that they presented. And he is reminding us uh, of a number of things. And, and it was important that, that Paul takes, this, takes us on this theological journey up to this point. You remember when he writes his letters, he lays out his doctrine first and then his you know, practical duties later. He lays out his theology, his orthodoxy, and then his orthopraxy. Let me just say up front, given the text of Scripture that I just read, if Paul had put that at the beginning of the letter, we would not have the theological context to understand things like, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. All that he has said up to this point is vitally important for us to understanding these words. You take these words out of the context of the Jesus is greater than theology, and, and, and we, we have trouble with these words. You've probably heard these words before. Some of them are explosive. They're uh, culturally insensitive today. We can't imagine, you know, that these have application for us today. It's because we don't understand the theology that's leading up to this. We're going to get to that in a moment. But it's been important for us to understand for example, the deep roots of our faith and the real substance of our faith. These are messages previously in the series. It's important for us to understand the mystery of God in you and in me that Paul talks about. It's been important for us to understand that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of creation, this greater than Jesus. It's important for us to understand our new identity in Christ and how we live out of that identity in Christ. It's important for us to know how to put on the new self as we put off the old self. All of that is, is, is a lead up to verse 18, uh, the orthopraxy of the orthodoxy. And um, even that time in Colossians 3 and verse 4 where Paul says, Christ who is our life, we will never understand the unique roles and uh, relationship, even in Christian marriage, let alone the family, let alone the workplace, if Christ is not our life, if he is not the something, if he's just some periphery for you, yeah, you, you won't understand the theological context that leads up to uh, teaching like this. When we make Christ our life, as Paul says in chapter 3 and verse 4, he positively impacts our relationships in at least three spheres. Three spheres that Paul goes into that I want to touch on today. I'll spend most of my time on the first one 
for some obvious reasons. But the first sphere is the relationship between husbands and wives. Here's the practical implication of the Jesus is greater than theology, the fact that Jesus is superior than and uh, uh, worthy of our worship. Here's some of the practical workings out of that. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Uh, what Paul has been arguing for up to this point and what he is saying in these verses and the ones that follow is that Christian marriage demonstrates that Jesus is greater than. In fact, we have a more excellent understanding of marriage as God intended it because we are in Christ, because we start with Christ and creation and the church and it gives us a greater understanding of the excellency of Christian marriage. In fact, I would say to you the starting point in any discussion about marriage, and who would argue that marriage is not a hot topic in the culture today? Oh my, are we just rocking and rolling on that subject? And people trying to redefine marriage and all that. Let me just say up front, the starting point in any discussion about marriage is Christ and creation not the culture. The culture doesn't own marriage. God does. Marriage was God's idea. He alone gets the right to define it. And our starting point in any understanding of marriage is not what the culture thinks about it, not as the culture evolves, but what Christ thinks about it. And we go all the way back to creation. Now, Colossians 3, verses 18 and 19 is the Cliff Notes version of a larger commentary that Paul gives in a parallel passage. I'm thinking about Ephesians chapter 5. So go to Ephesians chapter 5 with me. I don't have time to expound all of Ephesians 5, the latter part of that chapter, but it's probably the longest section of Scripture in the New Testament given to instructions relating to husbands and wives. And we see some similar language there, but toward the end in verse 31 through 33, Paul summarizes his instruction to husbands and wives, and he says this, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Sound familiar? Where do we hear that? In the creation story, Genesis chapter 2 is where that comes from. Just before the fall in Genesis chapter 3. Marriage was God's idea. He came up with the institution of marriage. He and he alone has the right to define what marriage is and what marriage is not, regardless of what the culture says. And he says, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave or hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Biblical definition of marriage is one man with one woman for one lifetime, okay? We start with creation. Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 5, verse 32, this mystery is profound. What's he talking about? He's talking about marriage. He says, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she 
respects her husband. Earlier in that passage, he says, wives, submit to your husbands. Now, three things I want you to understand about marriage. First of all, your marriage is a mystery. <laughs> Some of you are saying, yeah, I've been, been trying to tell my spouse that for 37 years. It's a mystery. Haven't figured it out yet. No, I didn't say it's a mystery. God says it's a mystery. A mystery is something that was once concealed that is now revealed. A mystery is a, a divine picture that unfolds throughout the pages of Scripture. I don't think Adam and Eve, when they were married at the end of uh, Genesis chapter 2, really understood the full picture and meaning of marriage. But the Bible begins in Genesis 1, He created us in His image, male and female He made them. Two genders, okay, just two, come on. Male and female He made them, and then He married them in chapter 2, all right? The two became one flesh. And uh, this, this marriage that God created, this institution of marriage, it's His idea. Paul says it's a profound mystery. And then he unpacks the mystery a little bit. He says, I am saying that it, that is marriage, refers to Christ and the church. Okay? So your marriage is a mystery. Secondly, your marriage is a gospel presentation. Up next, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And if you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. Consider it our way of saying, thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Stop by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, and click the I'm New icon right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, share your prayer request with us by using the Explore feature at the top of the homepage, where you'll find the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team here will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. God created marriage, which means He's the only one who can define it. His definition of marriage comes your way next in the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Christ in the Home and Work. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. So your marriage is a mystery. Secondly, your marriage is a gospel presentation. It's a gospel drama. It's not primarily about you and getting your needs met or your spouse. It's primarily a picture of Christ and the church. Ferguson says, Christian marriage is a domestic cameo of grace. In the marriage relationship, a gospel drama is being played out in a unique way through a human relationship. Now, you're not going to hear this in the culture. The culture always veers off into some ditch when it comes to marriage. I spent 20 years in Texas. My wife is a Texan. You travel down the freeways in Texas, you'll see a sign that says, don't mess with Texas. And it's a, you know anti-littering kind of campaign. When it comes to marriage, don't mess with marriage. It was God's idea. And it was a mystery. And it's a picture. Uh, it's a it's a cameo of grace. It's a gospel drama. And wives, you have a cameo appearance to make. Husbands, we have a cameo appearance to make. 
We have roles in this drama. A wife's responsibility is to, is to put on display and demonstrate within the body of Christ, and yes, even to a watching world, what it looks like for the bride of Christ to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ by the way she submits to her husband's leadership. Now do you understand the theology and the Christ and creation and the church and the mystery that marriage is behind the words, now, after all this in Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 18, in light of Christ who is greater than wives, you have a part to play. You have a cameo appearance to, to make in this gospel drama. And your part is to demonstrate what it looks like for the bride of Christ, which is the church, to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, I understand that word submit is a toxic one in our culture, but we're not starting with the culture. We're starting with Christ. We're starting with creation. We're starting with an understanding of this mystery called marriage, which is a picture of the relationship between Christ and His church. It's a gospel story. And when we understand it that way, uh, I, we get closer to maybe lessening the toxicity of a word like submit. By the way, this word is all over the Christian life, the subordination ethic, we might call it. Uh, we are to learn to submit to one another. I'm to learn in the body of Christ to lay aside my preferences for this, that, or the other thing and elevate your preferences and vice versa. That's the way living in community and following after Christ works best. By the way, it works best that way in a, in a family as well. You can't just walk in there and say it's always my way or the highway. No, in the body of Christ, we love one another. We're kind to one another. We bear one another's burdens. And yes, the New Testament also says submit to one another. The subordination ethic. People in the military understand it. Without the subordination ethic, there's no order in the military. There's no order in an orchestra without everybody following the lead of the conductor. There's no order on a sports team without all the players following the leadership of the coach. When I played quarterback on my high school football team, there was no order in the huddle unless everybody listened to me call the play. That's just the way life works. We call it the subordination ethic. God is a God of order, and it starts with the wife playing this cameo role in a gospel drama that puts on display to the body of Christ, to the bride of Christ, which is the church, and to a watching world, what it looks like for the church, the bride of Christ, to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And ladies, can I just say this to you wives? We need your help. Put this on display for us. Because I'm one of the knucklehead guys around here that don't get it as well, and we, we, need, we need your help in putting that on display so we can be better followers of Jesus Christ. And the world will look in and, and kind of scratch their head. They don't understand this. Because they're, they're not starting with Christ and creation and the church. They're, they're just, you know, well, we're evolving as a culture. The subordination ethic is seen in the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? The mystery of the Trinity, and it is a mystery, how one God reveals himself and expresses himself 
in three distinct persons and personalities, all right? That's about as good as I can get. Beyond that, it's a mystery, right? But in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's equality. God the Father is equal to God the Son, who's equal to God the Holy Spirit, who's equal to God the Father, and in any way you, you work it. There's no inequality in the Godhead, in the mystery of the Trinity. There's no, oh, this aspect of God is superior to this one. But in the unique relationship within the Godhead, you find the subordination ethic. You find Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, the Son, in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, I want my way. No, he didn't say that. I'm equal to you. Why are you calling the shots? No, he didn't say that. He says, Father, if there's another way to get this done, I'm wide open to it. But he says, not my will, but thine be done. And he submits to the Father's authority. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? We have to learn to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Wives, in the marriage relationship, you have this unique cameo appearance in marriage to put that on display and demonstrate it. But here's what, you, here's what you need to understand. Here's what the culture doesn't understand. Here's what a lot of us in the body of Christ don't understand. There's nothing inferior between you and your husband. Dr. Ron Jones' hope for you is that you now have a better understanding of what he calls the subordination ethic. In a Christian marriage, it's a means of showing the world what it looks like to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for being here today for Dr. Ron Jones' message, Christ in the Home and Work. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Remember, when you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org, or call 757-276-1099. Whether you're ballroom dancing or you're kicker dancing, somebody has to lead, somebody has to follow. 
But when it's done well, when there's this seamless choreography on the dance floor, you can't tell who's leading and who's following because they're just one. They're so seamlessly in step with one another. That's the marriage dance. That's the picture of, of New Testament marriage where the husband plays his cameo role in this gospel drama. The wife plays her cameo role. There's no loss of equality. There's no inferiority and superiority in the relationship. There are just different roles to play because the gospel is at stake here, friends. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Christ in the Home and Work. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.